three, two, one. We're live. Greetings. Greetings. This is the Uncle Vigilante Show. This is a very special edition of the Uncle Vigilante Show coming to you live at noon Eastern on July 4th. And there are going to be some fireworks today. And I cover Epic Cash. My name's Uncle V. I unapologetically cover Epic Cash. And with me today, I have three special guests. Marcus Allen, uh, I will I will properly introduce you in a few minutes. Uh, but I also have uh, some who are known to the community, I'm sure. Max Freeman, uh, founder of Epic Cash, and then our lead uh, tech engineer, Todd Lewis, is on the lines with line with us. And uh, basically from these two, it was a magical experience. I think it included a little bit of wine, a little bit of, should we go over here? Uh, you know, Epic Cash was born. Um, and, and, and that's, that's pretty exciting. It's grown up to be a pretty good looking little toddler. Uh, we'll talk about that, but, uh, I want to, I want to share with you. Um, well, first of all, let me just, let me tee up, let me set the table regarding Marcus. So, uh, there is a, um, a, a subculture out there, a community out there, a truther community, if you will. And Marcus, uh, I'll read a, a note that I wrote in Epic Cash today, just describing Marcus a little bit. But let's just say in that community, he's kind of a BFD. He's kind of a big deal. You know, he's been at this for years and years and years. And I will give you all the respect in the world, Marcus, on the things that I agree with you on Epic Cash is not one of them, um, but 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 you know you are one hell of a researcher, and I too hang on your every word, and I, I I try to listen to most things that 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 come out where you're part of a podcast. Well, I was listening to a podcast uh, recently, and I was just listening, and then we were about two thirds of the way through, and then all of a sudden, you know, my name was evoked, and I'm like, holy cow! So this is Marcus. Uh, sorry, Marcus, I, I don't mean to dox you, but uh, Marcus likes playing golf and he was playing golf. And it, when he takes a swing, this is the comment that I'm going to share with you. When he hits that ball, there's a comment. And up here is where I am um, listening. And well, let me just go ahead and and show this to you. Just kind of my reaction to Marcus's comment. Okay, first of all, here we go. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. That, that was a little loud. That was a little loud, but that was that was my my uh, response. I don't know if that it, it was, was my was my share sound on Todd Lewis. It was. Oh, okay. Very okay. Okay, great, great. So yeah, out of the air, that was my visceral reaction when I heard Marcus, and I'm going to share with you what his comment was. Um, but be, be, before I do, I want to, I want to, uh, I just want to give a shout out to um, Crypto Fireside. Uh, Crypto Fireside is new to the community, and he is an Australian blogger. And uh, he has a hell of a blog, I might add. He knows his stuff when it comes to crypto. And uh, he asked to interview me. And I'm like, sure, I always do the interviewing. So he asked to interview me, but it's a little bit different of an interview um, that I didn't know. And it was a, it's a written one because he posts a blog. 
So I want to just share with you a portion of what I responded back to him that's going to tee up my, my two, two guests. He said, what have been the most influential things in your life that affected your project? He's talking about Epic Cash. This can include books, podcasts, or people. So I wrote two things. I said, Max Freeman is single-handedly my greatest influence within crypto. If you told me in five years that he's actually Satoshi Nakamoto, I'd believe you. My channel has hundreds and hundreds of hours of Max Freeman interviews where he drops knowledge on our community like no other crypto project leader worldwide. If you doubt any of my anything I'm writing here, my body of work speaks for itself, and I have linked body of work to my YouTube account. Uh, feel free to verify before you trust. That's the smart thing to do regardless. And I continue. Additionally, Epic Cash's lead tech engineer is Todd Lewis, and he's been a tremendous influence. He's an outstanding individual. I love Todd Lewis. He's not only a brilliant cryptographer, but he's also a normal dude. Great sense of humor. He and I are just wrapping up a series called The Quest for Superior Money. I encourage all readers, and I link to it, I encourage all readers to see our most recent episode for context and then go back to the beginning of the series where we take a deep dive into the necessary attributes that would make up money if uh, that was truly superior in all forms. So just wanted to tell you that, Max Freeman, I know that we kind of have a general rule. As a matter of fact, I just got mine in the mail. Uh, you got yours in the mail too, I understand. Can you please confirm? Sure did. Okay, your wife ordered these. These are timers. Max tends to go on. And so uh, we, we have a one-minute timer, two-minute, three-minute, and four-minute in this little pack. Max, uh, for today... Uh, Guess what we're doing with these? Throwing them out the window. There's no time limit on anything that you, you want to say today because we're going get, to get to the bottom of some serious FUD here. Now, uh, to, to introduce uh, my guest, Marcus Allen, um, I, I posted that we were going to be able to have this, uh, this discussion today. Uh, you guys saw Marcus take a swing, add a comment. I'm going to play it for you. And then you saw my reaction from above. Uh, but somebody in the Epic Cash community asked, who is Marcus Allen? Someone important? So with all due respect, uh, and I mean that, Marcus, uh, in all but, but, but one area, I said, there's an entire subculture of what some might call conspiracy theorists. But after what I've witnessed these past three years, I would instead call them conspiracy factualists. In that subculture, Marcus is an OG and is a very thorough researcher. He just happens to not know shit about crypto, yet speaks with authority like he does. With all due respect, Marcus. Of all subcultures, the truther community make up individuals super mindful of independent liberty, autonomy, and privacy. They're the most censored group on the planet. Thus, Epic Cash is a wonderful solution for them, breaking from the bankster-controlled network where their prior means of support have all but been shut off. These are folks who hang on Marx's every word. So when I heard him spouting utter ignorant nonsense about Epic Cash, what did I do? I do what I do. And I confronted the nonsense and I invited you on, Marcus. Marcus, before I play the little clip that's going to give everyone context, would you mind if I asked you just four simple questions? Welcome to the show, by the way. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the invite. Sure, you can ask any amount of questions you have. I got all the time in the world. 
All right, Marcus, have you ever had a position in Epic Cash? Nope. Oh, um, you you and Max gave me Epic Cash, but no, I've never had a position. Well, you holding them had you, you had a position, right? Um, and I was going to ask the next question was, how did you acquire Epic Cash? You answered that. Uh, do you still hold your Epic Cash or did you sell it? I sold it. Okay, last question. How did, no, no, we already answered that. I, I was going to ask, how did you acquire your Epic Cash later to sell? Um, so you received it as a gift. And, uh, but when we listen to this, and I want to share this. Um, before you, before you, you, you rolled, uh, you rack that up, Todd. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of coins because people want me to say good things about their project. And I, and I get that. Okay. The last, fair enough. the last coins I got was actually from who I think uh, is Bitcoin's founder, the Satoshi, whatever you want to call him, uh, was from Roger Veer. I think Roger Veer uh, is part of the team that, that launched Bitcoin. If you okay. go, in fact, I'll post this. I have um, companion notes and, and I'll, I'll be happy to send you the companion notes if you want to include it for yourself. Sure, um, we can I, do that after, but but let's not talk about Roger. Let's talk uh talk about the topic at hand right okay, here. Sure. I'm just gonna share this is the comment, everyone, that uh that triggered me. And then uh Marcus, instead of uh asking you to comment on the comment, let's just let your comment stand. And then I just want to ask uh uh really Max Freeman and Todd Lewis, uh, who I guess would be considered the owners of Epic Cash, what their feelings are. Here we go. Three, two, one. Has liquidity. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to rewind. And I just want to, this is very important for me. The reason why I feel that you are dangerous, uh, Marcus, is I want you to people to really pay attention. This is just 42 seconds to the last word said here. It's, it's said by another gentleman uh, from Australia, ounce of salt. We love him. And you can hear it in his voice that what he just learned from Marcus was surprising to him. And he's taking it as new information. And so let me uh, play this. All right. It has liquidity. Yeah. Epic Cash has and none. It's got, and it's got government recognition. Epic Cash has none. And, and even worse, and Todd's not going to like to hear this, guess who owns 99.998% of Epic Cash? The owner. Not me. The owner. That's bad. That's really bad. He, Todd should look into I've been trying to warn Todd about this. It, that, that is ripe for a rug pull, an owner rug pull. He has 99.988-something percent of all the tokens. I know that's advanced stuff. That's why I bailed out of Epic Cash. Like, that's a problem. Hmm. Did you hear that at the end? Hmm. Got him thinking. Todd Lewis, uh, is there an owner who owns 90? Hold, hold on. Hold, hold on. Hold on. Marcus. Marcus, how long have you been into crypto? Um, maybe a year and a half. A year and a half. You charge people money for consulting, holding yourself out as an expert about cryptocurrency. Do you not? Never, never charged a penny to anyone ever. 
Okay. Well, I remember hearing a podcast where you talk about offering your consulting services and for for, uh, for business for business customers for business okay. and marketing. Okay. So consulting. you so you charge money to to share your knowledge with people that you've acquired over the past year and a half. Why don't you tell us what the difference between a coin and a token is, please? I don't know. Okay. I'm sure you know. All right. Well. And quite frankly, <laughs> and quite frankly, I don't care. Doesn't matter. Right. Just, yes. just in full disclosure. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Todd. I, I need, I need 15 seconds. Okay, based on no, that. All right. Let me, let me screen share for a second. All there right. we go. Uh, Todd, you're a Metallica fan. Uh, here we go. Is there music to that? Oh, hold on. Let's see, I'm not an audio video guy. It's off the Black be... Album, so the music is optional. <laughs> Love this dead air. Todd, while he's teeing that up, do you have any commentary? Yeah, I would just like to say in full disclosure, I also charge people money when I do work for them. So like, <laughs> sorry, sorry for the echo. That didn't that didn't work so well. So thank you for admitting that you don't know the difference between a coin and a token. I suggest if you're going to charge people money for your services, you should probably educate yourself first. This is why we're taking time out of our day to uh, educate you, because we hope that you stop spreading your ignorant misinformation and lack of uh, actual facts about what's going on. So Todd, would you tell this man what the difference between a coin and a token is? Uh, yeah, I mean, in the common parlance, tokens are usually traded on someone else's chain, like a you know smart contract chain like Ethereum, um, whereas a, a coin is the base currency in a, in a blockchain dedicated usually to, to a cryptocurrency function. Okay, so tokens have an owner, which is the uh, person or group of people who created them, and they exist as assets on another blockchain. And there's, coin, and, there's usually, and there's usually a contract who controls them, and, and often people have the ability to change that contract. Exactly. That's a, pros, uh, a, a property known as mutability. Our system is immutable, which means it cannot be changed. Marcus, Epic is a coin, not a token. There is no owner. And certainly no one has 99.98% of them. So would you like to reveal to us what you happen to be looking at that led you to that conclusion? Sure. I just posted it in the chat. All right. So you are looking at a token that is set up by one of our mining pools as a service for his clients to be able to offer him to Binance Smart Chain. Okay. That has absolutely zero to do with our chain. So who's that's one of that's one of four that's one of four DEX integrations that people have have created out in the marketplace that has nothing to do with us that is not our product. Okay. 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 However, I would like to speak up for Epic holders being at complete liberty to wrap and rehypothecate their coins however they want. It's their property and their business what they do with it. Right. And so Marcus, you were talking about that as if it has something to do with our chain because you haven't taken the time to educate yourself about okay, well, our project and yet you are trashing us in front of thousands of people and we wish you would quit it. Hey, uh, Max, did, did, you, um, did you censor me from your Telegram channel so I can ask these questions? 
which oh, I did. I, oh, I did. And your questions that you asked, Marcus, were absolute. That's why I responded back. When did you stop beating your wife? Because your questions were like these pompous eight questions that deserved more of a, an answer. And you were like, no, yes or no. Yes or no? Yes or no? Actually, Todd, it was, Todd, it was five questions. And I'll give you, I, I remember the questions. The one question was, the first one was, how do we know that the government can't hack into Epic Cash? Oh, I can answer that one. That's a technical question. It's a simple question and no one was answering it. Uh, I'll answer it Mark, now. Marcus, you were, you were comporting yourself in a rude way, grandstanding yes. in, our, in, in our community in front of thousands of people, 100%. attention seeking. And that's why we censored you. We have a place called Freeman University where you and everyone else is welcome to go and learn. But if you go in there in front of thousands of people and make a scene, absolutely, we're going Actually, to censor you. Your I was, behavior was out of line. I was you're censored. And rude. I was censored at that 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 one. You, the Freedom University you're mentioning. Would, you would censored we, me from would that we, too. Would would, would would we like to answer the technical yeah. question? Yeah, we, we have 45 minutes to burn. Yep. <laughs> Uh, uh, I say that, and then my son needs. <laughs> and then we lose Todd. <laughs> we lost you, Toddy. What's What's ironic here, respectfully, Todd Pittner, is that sorry you were you were ups, you were upset. Um, you originally got into this scene because you were upset with what Jeff Berwick and the, and the folks that the Dollar Vigilante did with you with censorship. And now you're doing the same thing with me, asking very five simple questions. No, no, you you you're making that very simple when I have when I have documented everything. So that simple little false assertion, I'm gonna dismiss. This isn't about me, this isn't about TCV. This is about how you went in and you went in like to create a hit piece on crypto. And I don't know if Epic Cash was part of your agenda, but yeah. bullshit, bullshit, you don't you don't know you didn't know that. But bullshit, Marcus. I'm not accepting this. We're not talking about this. This, this is, is boring. I know. Todd. This is boring. Question. There are five questions. What if we give the man the answers to his questions? Right. So, that's all I asked for. Yeah. It's simple. Good. Okay. So number one, how do we know that the government hasn't cracked Epic Cash? Is that a fair statement of the question? How? No, I think it was something like, how can we? How can we be assured that? The government doesn't have a backdoor into any cryptocurrency. Actually, I didn't specifically say that's, Epic Cash. That's a fair question, and I know, and I think that one uh, one that people probably don't pay enough answer to, or pay enough attention to. There are practically no cryptography algorithms that have correctness proofs, um, and so it is hypothetically possible that uh, that so that someone like the National Security Agency could have had a mathematical breakthrough that allows them to compromise many or all of the cryptography algorithms which underlie all of cryptocurrency. Um, the, uh, the specific algorithms that we use which establish integrity in the blockchain, uh, the proof of work algorithms, we do have pretty good empirical evidence that, they, that if, they, um, if they have been compromised, the compromises aren't being used because we can see the difficulty on the chain. If someone were to go and, and, and if you're not actively using the compromise, then it's, not, then it's not hurting anything. So we do know that empirically that hasn't happened. Um, and that's the core mechanism for establishing consensus on the transaction history in Epic Cash. So the, the data shows us there. 
that there is no active compromise. Um, the other thing that Epic Cash has that distinguishes it from, uh, from most other blockchain projects is we have multiple proof of work algorithms uh, in our chain. So if there were a compromise, it would probably be in one of the algorithms. Because we have multiple algorithms, we actually have designed against that. Um, it's uh, probably impossible to use the compromise of a single algorithm to do a, um, uh, to do a true fork and, and do double spend attacks in Epic Cash because the other algorithms rotate in frequently enough that you can't exceed the block window. Um, uh, and if all of them were compromised, we have the engineering ability very quickly, better than any other blockchain I know of, to introduce new proof of work algorithms and work around it. So that, that's the way that we know that there is not active compromise of the, of the consensus mechanism in the chain. And why we believe that the transaction history has integrity is if, it, if, the compromise, if there were a compromise and it were being used, we would see it and we do not. Mm -hmm. Is that a is that a fair answer to your that's question? A, that, that's all I was asking for. That's a great right. answer. One I have down, no problem with four that. to go, man. What's next? The, uh, the other one was what? Um, how are you guys doing on your directory of acceptance of merchants that accept your coin? Uh, that's that's a question for Max. I can I can I can speak to this one. So uh, we are experiencing grassroots adoption all over the world. Um, in-person services, uh, uh, such as dog groomers, uh, massage therapists, valets, uh, cleaners, uh, people that accept tips. Um, <clears throat> uh, people are using it uh, for crowdfunding through Epic FundMe, uh, retail point of sale in locations as diverse as Yalova, Turkey, Miami, Florida, Las Vegas. All over the world, people are figuring out a way to adapt our technology into their specific use case because it is permissionless and everyone can go and build on it. Like Robert, the person who created the uh, BSC bridge, Binance Smart Chain, for his mining pool. He also did Stellar and Ethereum based on market demand. So we're experiencing uh, grassroots organic adoption exploding all over. The other thing I would say is, you know, in terms of where we are in our maturity curve, um, we still have a lot, of, a lot of product work to do to make it easier for people to use Epic in transactions. Um, and we're, we're actively working on that. We've had, we've had a bunch of uh, improvements in version three. And the early adoption that we have in payments, I think, is, has been really helpful in terms of showing us what directions to evolve the chain, what, what new features to add to support merchants. Um, and, uh, and I'm a big believer that uh, Mimblewimble is a fundamental breakthrough in how we perform the monetary function. Uh, and that, and and our mission is to is to bring this as a payment technology to the world, and I'm okay with being early in that process. Uh, you know, it took us thousands of years to build the monetary system, uh, and it's going to take a little elbow grease to 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 take this technology and get it into into a a workable form that that actually can be adopted at wide scale. So I don't, I don't think any of us have suggested that, you know, development is done and the, pro and, and the system is perfect, um, but we're, we're off to a good start. Mm -hmm. I think the, the next question was, uh, what's, the, what's the progress with your wallet, with your own wallet? That was like the third question, if I remember. This is, this is going back like last year, so I'm trying to remember what I asked. Yeah, sure. So the, the wallet is there, there. There are two layers to the wallet. There's the core wallet that the core team supports, uh, and that has a command line interface 
Um, but it's a, it's a reusable library, which people can then put user interfaces on top of. And there's a lot of experimentation happening with the, with the user interface and people putting um, uh, different kinds of user interaction on top of the core technology. Uh, so I'm, a, I'm only responsible for the core wallet. Um, and the core wallet, again, our, our latest V3 version has a bunch of bunch of features in it. It's, it's progressing well. And the number of people putting, uh, putting user interfaces around it uh, is increasing. And we have a lot of experimentation in that, in that space. So I'd, I'd say it's progressing pretty well. Max, can you talk about the GUI wallet and the Diego wallet, please? Yeah, so in July, we're going to have two new wallets, which represent major breakthroughs for our usability. Poolboy out in Germany has been working on EC wallet, which is a desktop GUI uh, with a very slick interface. It includes an integrated node. So uh, right now we have nodes in 121 countries, over 2,000 cities. Um, this will uh, enable us to get the rest of them and surpass BTC in node count by the end of the year, hopefully, uh, because installing a wallet means you're also installing a node. It doesn't require uh, dozens of complicated error prone steps. It's just a single uh, uh, install package with a few clicks. So uh, uh, the Poolboy desktop GUI wallet will include not just a node, but also integrated Tor and Ngrok. So you don't have to mess around with ports. Major, major step forward in usability. Um, that's for desktop. Uh, for mobile and tablet, we have the uh, Stacks wallet by Diego, which will offer um, not just Epic, but uh, Bitcoin Core, Ether, Doge, Firo, and Monero. And also you'll be able to swap between those coins um, on a service called Change Now as well. So uh, in July, uh, we will have two major new uh, ways that people can interface with their stored value on our chain. And Max and Todd, I want to insert a question here. Um, so would you rather release things into the wild before they're half baked and tested just to say that you did, because Marcus was referencing that these were questions from a half year ago, or is it better to actually kid test mother approve and then do that again and again, before you let it out there to where you could experience some kind of compromise? Where do you, where are you philosophically on tech development? It, it's always a balance. Um, the, the fact that we're implemented in Rust gives us a lot of assurance about the safety of, of the core engine and the core wallet. Um, and, you know, our, our, big, our big V3 release was, was, I think, a major step forward. Uh, the other thing that we spend a lot of time on is, is automated testing and trying to do quality control behind the scenes. Um, and I'd say we, we do pretty well on that front. Um, uh, and, um, and when it comes to the innovation, you know, that you, you need a lot of different pieces in order to, in order to take the, the user experience forward and advance it to the point that people can be using it more and more widely. And, uh, we're, we're in this for the long grind, man. We're, we're determined to keep, to keep grinding it upwards and to keep after it until, until the dream of Mimblewimble comes true. And what is that dream of Mimblewimble? Um, that we can uh, build digital money, which does all the things that it needs to do. Uh, and fungibility is the, the, major, the major gap in the original Bitcoin design. Um, uh, and Mimblewimble is the, the, the clear winner in terms of the solution to that problem. Can you, for the viewers that may have not even heard of Mimblewimble, just, and I know you have before, but just humor me. Can you just Happy. describe Mimblewimble, what it does and why you, cho you and Max chose it 
uh, as original owners of Epic Cash. <laughs> Member Wemble is a, a technique which draws from number theory and elliptic curves to let you craft a mathematical proof that the quantity of coins that comes into a transaction is equal to the quantity of coins that leave the transaction, um, but, with, uh, but without showing what those quantities are. Because in the entirety of human history, business people have never chosen a form of money which requires their transactions to be publicly visible. Because if you do, you're, you're setting yourself up to be taken advantage of by your, by your commercial partners. Um, uh, privacy of information is critical to business. Uh, and, and we know that because, I mean, you can go back to the Sumerian clay tablets and we can see that commodity brokers in ancient Sumeria had exactly the same business practices that commodity brokers today do about, about these things because <laughs> the, lo the logic hasn't changed. It's obvious. Um, uh, and um, the, uh, when Bitcoin was built, we just didn't have algorithms for solving this problem. And so all the quantities are public. Uh, because the quantities are hidden in a Mimblewimble system, you do not know where the coins are, but you still have the fundamental guarantee that new coins aren't being created in transactions. Mm -hmm. People are only spending the money they actually have. There's a funny secondary proof you have to provide, which is not just that the output, the sum of the outputs is equal to the sum of the inputs, but also that they're both positive. Because otherwise you could put in one coin and send 100 coins to the left and negative 99 coins to the right. Mm. <laughs> yes. And, and then you just ignore the negative 99 coins. It still totals to one. So that's the second proof that you have to provide uh, uh, that, that all the quantities are possible. So is it fair, and Max, you can feel free to comment on this, that you two did not set out to create the best privacy coin on the planet, but because of the technology that you had access to in 2019, I kind of like to think of it if, if, if Satoshi had a mulligan and could relaunch Bitcoin back in 2008 with knowledge and access to 2019 tech, it would have been designed as If Epic you redid Cash. the Bitcoin project today, it would look like Epic Cash. That's exactly right. Um, so thank, thank Mar you. Mar Marcus, again, did we answer your question there? Uh, that was three. Uh, the other one, I again, it, it was actually back in September. I, I just looked it up. Um, I think one of the questions was, do you do you consider Epic Cash to be a store of value, a currency, or both? Store of value is um, is. What, what do you, what, Marcus, let me ask you a definition question. What would you consider good examples of store value to be so I can understand? Actually, it, and I think, I think I probably asked the wrong question back then. If I were to sure, correct that, sure. do, do you think that it can be a currency, a cryptocurrency, a tradable asset? Like it is, it seems like it is currently because you're focused on price or both. Well, the, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm famously not focused on price. Uh, I'm I'm focused on technology. Um, the uh, it, it, empirically, it is a tradable asset today. People are trading it, um, uh, and then um, means of payment is um, is a question of its acceptance in the economy, which is very early. You know, there's a small number of merchants which accept Epic Cash. 
but but I'm I'm okay with that. We're 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 still figuring out how to get the technology where it needs to be, such that it's a good decision for merchants to accept it as a form of payment. Um, and we're still we're still grinding down that road. Um, but I'm I'm happy to if you want to follow up, I'm happy to answer that more in terms of the fine fine grains of the the different points of of what. And, and, and Todd Todd Lewis, you and I have spent the last ten weeks. Uh, with our series, um, The Quest for Superior Money. And uh, we, we actually go through all of these. So store of value, we have as a definition, holding uh, an asset that- Hey, has Mar Marcus, we went, I don't know if you've seen the series, but when we went through unit of account, store of value, medium of exchange. Um, uh, that we had, th those were the core questions. We were trying to answer the, the classic questions and, and, and comparing Epic Cash to Bitcoin, gold, um, physical Federal Reserve notes and digital Federal Reserve credits. And, and we did an, an in-depth analysis of the moneyness of Epic um, uh, against the classic criteria and a bunch of modern criteria too. Yep, we have about 30 to 35 uh, attributes that uh, we, <laughs> we wanted to do this to where let's just all agree that if we could create superior money, it would have these attributes. So we came up with those first. Anybody who goes through that series, if you if there's anything we missed, feel free to reach out and 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 send it to me, and we can add or discuss. Or if there's anything you think there shouldn't be on there, uh, I don't think you will. Um, but so Marcus, store I, I'm, I was going to say, so Marcus, I don't know if you'll agree with our answers, but I am confident that if you have follow ups, we can we can at least tell you what the answers are. Mm -hmm. The uh, store of value, just to go to 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 the project that we've been working on, we. Uh, not only have those attributes, but we've put a definition of terms by them. Uh, store of value, holding an asset that is proven to go up in value over time. Um, and Marcus, uh, again, with all due respect, that question, like that question that you asked, very good question. But that wasn't how the questions were presented. They were presented as hard yes, no. And that's, that's why we were so allergic because you would not have anything but a yes, no answer. Why don't you just focus on the positive of here we are and we can give them a detail. Yeah, there you go. Okay, do, do, you, do, you, do you have a fifth question, Marcus? I think this was the final one. I'll, I'll send it to you. This is, um, now to give you some background, uh, in addition to my, my business building that I'm most known for, I'm also a full stack front end developer. I am not a full stack back end developer. So I just posted a GitHub link and this claims, and I looked at the code again, I am not a backend programmer, so I didn't run it. And I don't know for sure, I, but I, I, can, look I can talk about linkability. It'll be fine. Mm -hmm. So apparently this person claims that it can break into Mimblewimble and get 96% of the transactions. Right. So, so the linkability analysis on Mimblewimble chains consists of the following. Okay. Mimblewimble does hide the quantities, but you can still see the transactions. And this is fundamental because um, you, the, the, the nature of a blockchain is that you, are, um, uh, you have the community consensus over what transactions have been done and uh, and who has the power by virtue of having the private key to have dominion over a given digital asset, the ability to transfer it, link it, do whatever they want. Right. So fundamentally, you still have to post the transactions to the chain and the chain still has to create consensus that a transaction is accepted and processed. So the, the asset 
can go from the original owner to the new owner. Otherwise, if you can't do transactions, there's no point to that old exercise. Um, if you use Mimblewimble in such a way that you have a very simple transaction graph, for example, um, the we know how many coins are mined uh, because it's in the code. It's, it's very public how many coins are mined in each block. And if you just have a single transaction from the Coinbase creation of the coin into a wallet, and you have you have a hundred of those, and those are the only transactions in question, then you do know how much coin is in that wallet. It's one hundred times the block reward, and you can see that from the transaction graph. What Mimblewimble gives you is the ability to do subsequent transactions such that the, the final distribution of the coins is unknown because you've built a rich transaction graph. Now, if people don't do those transactions, then you can analyze the, the, the graph and you can, in the case of simple transaction patterns, deduce where, where the coins are. Um, and Mimblewimble still requires the positive step of continuing subsequent transactions in order to obscure where the coins ended up in a complicated graph. You still need a complicated graph to get the most out of Mimblewimble. And that is a valid criticism of the limitations of what Mimblewimble does. It's a tool, it does certain things, it gives you certain powers, but it has limits. Um, and so I, I think the linkability criticism of Gren and Epic and the other Mimblewimble coins, I think there is some validity to it. Um, and uh, we've talked about, you know, social exercises, and it is mostly a social problem with things like Fungibility Friday, where everyone comes together and just introduces a bunch of transactions into the blockchain. Um, uh, and creating, uh, adding richness to the transaction graph, such that we, we are doing a better job of, um, of making chain analysis difficult. Uh, this is one of the things the coin team is the core team is doing is we're doing surveillance on our own chain and uh, we actually have in private graphs of the entire transaction history that we're analyzing we haven't shared them yet because they're really ugly uh, they're 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 not very good yet and we're talking about how to do the visualization because it's a lot of data and so if you just look at the graph it's, it's a very ugly graph and you have to navigate around and and, and analyze it and whatnot um, and this is a topic of, of research for us in terms of what facilities can we add to the wallet to make these habits and these transaction patterns easier for users to do such that we unlock the full value out of Mimblewimble. But, but I think it's kind of a misplaced transaction because A, it's always been possible to do these things from the first block on the chain. And B, um, it doesn't it, it doesn't change the power that Epic gives users with Mimblewimble to do what they need to do. And the argument that, that we, we haven't done it yet is, is a valid argument, and it's definitely something that we, we want and intend to improve on. Um, but, uh, but it is known how to do it, and people are doing it, and we're, we're never going to force people to do it. If, if miners just want to take their coin rewards and dump them in a miner wallet and everyone knows how much mining reward they have in that wallet, that's really their business, you know? And, and we're not in a position to force people to do something else. Um, but people don't know who those are. Uh, that clumsy hit piece, uh, Marcus, I sent you a rebuttal argument from Tillman on Substack. I recommend you read. 
Uh, there's been a half a dozen or more, at least, articles since then uh, that talk the about claim, the basic flaws. The claims he, he, were the claims yeah, were he, very overblown. The author does not, un, just as you did not understand the difference between a coin and a token, the author uh, does not understand the difference between an address and a UTXO, an unspent transaction output. He makes a number of uh, basic. Uh, flawed assumptions at the get-go and garbage in, garbage out. As a programmer, you know that. Uh, he starts uh, in the wrong place and it gets worse from there. So that is just a clickbait, uh, a, a motivated hit piece by somebody that had a financial interest in uh, speculating against the value of that particular asset, in this case, Grin, uh, right after it got added to the FTX shit perp index uh, that, that came out. So it was very transparent, the motivated reasoning uh, that, that was there. So uh, even if you know which outputs went to uh, which, which miner when you spend them, you have Dandelion++, plus plus, which uh, obscures the IP of uh, who that user is. And you can also do transactions offline. You can do them through Tor. You can do them through I2P, all kinds of ways. So even if you did have a transaction graph, it's of extremely limited utility. And anyone that wants to take even a basic modicum of care to uh, um, obscure their trail can easily do so. Epic also did something which was suggested in the original Bitcoin proposal, but never actually done, which is having different addresses for each transaction endpoint. Um, uh, and that, that also goes a long way to, uh, to ensuring that the aggregate, aggregate ownership is, um, uh, is not knowable from the outside. Right. That's like mixing. Uh, well, th this is, this is different addresses. So it's, it's not technically mixing, but mixing is, is added, is, is in the mix as well. Right. 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 So those were, those were the. Those were the original questions. And by the way, um, I do get, I do take, I do get upset when Todd and Max say that they were yes, no questions. I have the questions in front of me. They're not yes, no questions. They were the exact same questions I just asked right now. They were not yeah. yes, no. Do you have any new questions, Marcus? What I have one new question. Yeah. I was blown away. I I do follow you guys from time to time. I can't sit through the checkmark stuff. Uh, one suggestion if you're up for it, is to to make a link of where this check, where this is. I tried to find, I couldn't find it. Hey, Marcus, let me let me respond to you because we have we've spoken about this time and time again. I know you don't have time for it to suffer through it, but this is an exercise, a dedicated exercise that'll take all in. Probably, where we probably have one, if not two, more uh, live streams to go through. And what what we where the point we are at is on Wednesday. We have, uh, as a matter of fact, let me show this to you. I'm going to share is my. To, is it fair to say we we're st we still consider ourselves drafting it? Uncle? Yeah, so, yeah. So basically, here's where we are, Marcus. We have gone all of the one where you cannot see either a check or an X. Todd and I have gone through through those, and we have agreed on that. That basically, I got my guesses right. Uh, my my not guesses, but uh, uh, what I think were thoughtful answers. Right. The ones that remain. Todd disagreed with me on. And on Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern time, Max and Todd are going to come on and they're going to debate each other. And then at the end of this, we're going to ultimately have one to where we feel good as a team that all of these, that this will be, uh, that, that, that we've now the resource, the, the best of, of our ability. And then what I'm going to do is we're going to 
final edit this and release it to the wild to where it's going to, and you'll notice uh, we have some work to do, but we notice that we, on, we, we include definition of terms. So all of these attributes that we've gone through here, um, we're, we're, we have the definition of terms. We missed a few, but that's okay. Look, this is- uh, we Well, I've been meaning to ask you, can we please alphabetize that list? Um, the, the definitions, I mean. Oh, the definitions. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I was going to say, I don't want to alphabetize this for. Hey, other hey, Marcus, if you, Marcus, if you message me your email, we'll make sure that you get a copy when it's released. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and Mar Marcus, I just want to let you know. So to answer your question, we are going to release this, but we wanted to get it right. And I hope you can appreciate it. It's like not, we did, we wouldn't want to release code before it's ready. Um, we're going through the kid testing mother approved stage right now. Now we're also going to release with it a version that is going to have all of the answers shown so that so it'll be two documents one will be interactive one will be a hard pdf with all the answers shown and our goal is to give this uh as a tool for people let's say you're 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 sitting down and you're you're talking to somebody that is just all into monero well why not add a sixth column here and say cool let's go through this thought experiment together and 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 what do you think you know, peer to peer is epic peer to peer. Yes. XMR is it peer to peer? Yes. You know, et cetera. So we're trying, Marcus. I don't know another project out there that is going to the depths that we are to be able to educate our community. And we're not just saying, you know, epic good, you know, uh, 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 FOMO, um, we're going to the moon. We're not doing that. We're trying to take an intellectual approach, which is why I get offended when I when 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 I hear things that I know that that just trigger me because I know that they're just baseless. And so I hope you can at least respect the work that we're putting into it. Can it would 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 you respond to that? Well, oh, it's it's that's why I followed your lead and 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 if you remember, I said, "Tell me." I hear a bunch of echo. Oh no, it's be it's better now. Yeah, that's why I followed your lead and su you suggested to talk to Max, and I spoke to him for two hours. So yeah, I mean, I well, uh, and then you I, subsequently, you know, uh, exited. Oh, oh, will you two stop? <laughs> Here he is asking questions, and we're giving answers. Let's just let's just do it the happy way, right? So that so the the final question is that I didn't yeah. ask it a year ago is. Uh, and I have to admit, this this one w was mind blowing to me because you guys have always touted being a private, you know, privacy. I forget the word you use, privacy seeking, or you did. You were kind of careful with the way you said privacy, but it, it was definitely on your homepage. I don't know if it's still there. It, that this coin is about privacy. And then when you guys got listed on BitMart, my head exploded. BitMart is KYC and AML. Now, I know you're going to say we did that because we wanted to get market share, blah, blah, blah. But that if I were a person looking to invest into a privacy coin and I heard that you're going through Bit, uh, BitMart with KYC and AML, that's a hard pass for me. Max, you want to? I've got this. I've got this. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> I've got this. <laughs> All right. I have, I have two cents as well. Go ahead, Todd. You first. Yeah. So... Um, uh, BitMart doesn't need our permission to do an integration. No KYC exchange needs our permission to do an integration. 
Uh, Epic is an open platform that absolutely anybody can build on-ramps and off-ramps to. And strictly speaking, it's none of our business whether they do or not. And users who want to go through a KYC platform and buy the coin or sell the coin through a KYC platform, also none of our business, right? Yeah, but so didn't you, uh, in fairness, Todd, didn't you guys pay to be listed on BitMart? I didn't. Who is you people? Wait, who is you? Who is you guys here? Who, I, I who don't. Is, who is you guys? I just listened to Todd talk about it, and he's, uh, okay. he said well, we paid yeah, this so amount of money. We are, to do we are a decentralized community project operated by volunteers. We are three of among two hundred and seventy countries that contribute our time. Um, so there is no central organization, no company, uh, no uh, VP of strategic biz dev or whatever that makes these decisions. Individuals from within the community who wanted to spend their money decided to jump through the hoops and uh, list it on BitMart. Why? Because many people for years were coming in saying, we want a, a different type of exchange that's easier to use, that we know how to work with. You guys should go with this, go with that. And so after careful consideration, after talking to hundreds of them, BitMart was the one that these individuals chose. But I didn't pay a penny for BitMart because I didn't believe in it. Todd uh, Lewis didn't, didn't pay. pay. Uh, didn't thousands pay. of people did not pay. But you know what? Some people did because they viewed it as their, in their enlightened self-interest to make the value of their coins go up, that it would be a smart investment for them. So uh, you, you can't, uh, uh, guns don't kill people, people kill people. And if people want to go and use our tech on any kind of platform, they can. And not any of us on this phone call, nobody in the world can have anything to say about that. It is open well, and, and, and I would ask I would ask the question back in the other direction to you, Marcus, and I'm, I'm genuinely interested in your opinion. Should we have tried to stop them? And if so, why? Yes, I, I would have. Yeah. And, 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 oh, and, and, on, and how, how and why would we even stop anyone from doing anything? We well, don't why? have that kind of power. I don't have any. Well, mechanism. I, I think there needs. I, I think there be, needs to be a meeting of the, a better meeting of the minds from a marketing perspective, because, you know, Todd is your spokesman right now. No, no, whether, no, whether, no, whether no, you like stop, that or not, no, that, no, that's no, the way no. I think. We have dozens of people out there speaking their truth about what Epic means to them. We do not. Yeah, but how many? How many of those? How many of those people? How many of those people have a weekly show with the two founders? Uh, precisely as many as want to. Right. Well, I tried before and I got censored. So you, you haven't invited me on your podcast. No, no. I tried to ask the simple questions on, uh, okay. on Telegram and, and no, but, I got okay, censored. But, but, but you, you said Todd is the, is the official voice of Epic. That's why I, no, I didn't, I didn't say, no, I'm saying it appears to attend. It, it appears to be that way because that's the, he's the only one who's I, getting, I, I couldn't give less of a it, fuck. It, I couldn't give it, less of a fuck what other people think they see. Well, all I care about is the truth. And, and it appears to okay. you because you won't do us the courtesy before you go talk in front of thousands of people and trash us based Max. on your ignorant and misinformed statements. Max. You won't do the bit of research to do us the courtesy of learning what you don't know. So it appears to you because you don't have eyes to see. Max, I tried. I tried to talk to you for two you hours. You comported yourself like an Max, absolute can you pig oh. in our, no, no, because this is the type of Just behavior sentence, why Max. we don't want you Max. in our chats behaving like this. Todd, we have a culture. Todd Lewis, and am, I be, am I behaving badly? Was, were those five questions behaving badly? 
Uh, I, I didn't see them in the chat, but but in this call, I believe they were. Civil. I support the decision to censor you, and we take oh. free speech very seriously. Uh, uh, okay. It, uh, it wasn't just those questions, to be oh, fair. Oh. It was everything that surrounded it and all of the back and forth. And uh, it's because no one answered the question. I said, "Is anyone having a, a simple yes or no?" That's all I said. Because no one answered. Oh, I thought the there question. weren't. I thought there weren't simple yes or no. No, no, there were the questions that were not yes or no, and then no one answered it. I asked, "Hello," and then I said, "A simple yes or no." That's it. That's all I said. Guys, guys may I suggest that we stop talking about the past? What in the hell are we going to achieve? <laughs> right. Now look, look the, the Marcus raised a point, and I think it, it deserves an answer. And and when I when I the the, the should should I have done something? In uh, let's take that one. Should I have done something to stop people listing on Bitmark? Well, first of all, I don't have the power to do anything to stop them. We're a free software project, and people can take our code and build whatever whatever integrations they want on it. And as long as they're submitting signed properly signed transactions to the blockchain. The blockchain is going to process them because the blockchain is an utterly neutral platform. The owners of the coins can do whatever they want with them. And that's central to the mission of, of who we are and, and what, what the platform is. We don't control what people do with their property. And if people want to hypothecate and use custodians and do whatever else, that's their business. I just got the impression after listening to some of your shows that this was f fully endorsed by everyone who's on the call right now. Hey, Marcus, let me give you a little history lesson, okay? There were, there were lots and lots of people who were totally displeased with Vite multi-wallet, the, the, the multi-exchange wallet. And we were, it was in, in, intense in those chats to where the ankle biters were out in droves. And it was all about the spread being wide. And this is why you should get on an exchange. We need to get on on KYC exchanges. We're never going it, to, it's too hard to get it. So that, that, that nipping, 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 it became an issue to where there was a high majority of the people in there that were but saying, uncle, it's, that, but uncle, it's even more fundamental than that. Yeah. Okay. Which is people are going to go do what they want to do. And if people want to spend their own money to do an integration, that's really well, I'm, 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 uh, Todd, I'm, res I'm responding to this because yeah. I happen to have a little bit of uh, I'm an empath. I have a high EQ and I'm sitting here looking at this and I have I, I, I pivoted all my holdings into Epic Cash. So I have a personal interest in in price go up. And so I'm like, what the hell do I know? The whole premise of my show is I don't know shit, except this is my journey and I'll learn. So I'm sitting there thinking, hey, you know what? Okay, maybe these guys are right. Maybe the silver bullet is to be able to get on a KYC exchange where then we are easier to acquire for people. They can still take it to an offline, uh, a, a native wallet to where they'll get all of the, the, the security features that they desire of privacy is in the word. Sure, but, 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 but the more fundamental point is we're not a venture backed company with no. a, and a control structure. We're not out there making hierarchical corporate decisions as a unitary organization. There's the core tech and the blockchain and people who submit signed transactions to the blockchain have those transactions processed. And that is it. Yeah. Everything yeah. people do beyond that is their own choice as members of a loose community. 
And, and the idea that, that for, for example, me and, and the core tech team would stop people from listing on BitMart or integrating with BitMart or whatever. First of all, it's technically almost impossible. And second of all, it's against the entire mission of what we're trying to do, which mm-hmm. is property ownership. Okay, if you have the key, the coins are yours. And if you want to transfer them in and out, stick them with somebody else, transfer them to someone else, under whatever terms you see fit to contract with them, that's your business because it's your property. Okay? And so this whole notion that that we are a unitary organization, not true, right? The idea that we are controlling what people do with the technology, also not true. It's free software. You can download it from GitHub, right? And, and the idea that we're going to do anything to stop people from having dominion over their property is a real misunderstanding of the fundamental nature of what the project is. Mm-hmm. If you have the key, the coins are yours and you are at complete liberty to do with them what you want because it's intended to be money. That's what money's supposed to be. And Marcus, I'm really curious whether you disagree with that as a philosophical point. I, if I, if you were to ask me that question again, I would have answered it slightly different. Again, when you have a weekly show where you two, I, I didn't know you were a founder, by the way. I thought it was just Max. So, so you are a co-founder. I'm, I'm assuming. Max, Max came up with the idea, and and Max came to me, and and I made ma- very minor changes to the idea. It was it was beautiful. It was a beautiful design. So what I'm saying is you you and Max are the the co-founders of Epicash. Is that a proper way to say it? You could call us that. I, I led the team that did the initial impl- technical implementation. Marcus, okay. there were do- there were dozens of people that contributed to the launch of Epic back in 2019. Yeah. Okay, but, but my point is again when I when I come in a couple you know a couple times and I see Todd interviewing Todd and Max on a weekly basis. And they're talking about how we we spent this money to get into BitMart. I am assuming, and you know, the word ass is an assume, that you personally were fund the, the company, Epic Cash was funding that. There is now no that company. Max, now that you're telling me that there's no company and everyone can do what they want, that, that clears hey, things hey, up. Marcus, Marcus, let me look at everyone. You should celebrate that, guys. This is rhetorical progress. We're yes. answering the question. Give, give me 60 seconds, man is Marcus, if, and, and I know you don't hang on every word of my show, you don't watch my show. And, but you would have heard many, many times that I and another friend of mine, Mr. P, he's within the group. It was a $50,000 listing fee, right? We stepped up, he and I, we funded that listing fee. Right. So I, most people would look at that and say, hey, Uncle V's leading with his chin. He's right. doing something nice for the community. And you turn it upside down. No, no. Negative. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know it was your money. I thought it was we. When you say we, I thought you meant Epic Cash put the money in. No, but, but I, 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 I have shared this. Uncle, often. uncle, uncle, take the win. <laughs> take the win, man. Be gracious. Well, it, we, it, we've had great progress in this hour, answering the questions, clearing up confusion, explaining that all the questions were very reasonable. We had we had great answers to them. Let's call it a day, fellas. <laughs> Successful show. It's so uh, tough, Lewis. I agree. I agree.
Marcus, <laughs> if you'd like me to come on yours and talk about Epic Cash, I'm happy to do so. And after we publish the thing, maybe you come back and go through and share your opinion about the moneyness of Epic Cash. Well, I can tell you this from a marketing, uh, and I'm assuming that you guys are closing down the show right now, right? You guys do an hour? It, yeah, it's a hard hour. stop. It's a hard stop? Not not hard, hard. I mean, oh, okay. we can a few more minutes. Okay, so I can tell you this from a market, you know, I teach marketing. Todd, Todd has said on his show that I'm the best marketer on the planet. I don't agree with that. I think Dr. Fauci is, but I'll, I'll take that as a win. <laughs> In marketing, you don't, when you, if you're selling travel, you want to sell the vacation. You don't want to sell the TSA. And I believe you guys are selling the TSA instead of the, instead of the vacation. The whole, that whole checklist thing, that's great. If someone is already in Monero and they're very technical and it's probably less than 1% of the potential audience, but my wife has no, she has a lot of money coming in September because we, we cashed out retirement and we want to put it somewhere. If we wanted to put it somewhere, she would never even consider you guys because it's way above her head. And I think she's the perfect audience. Now, maybe you guys disagree. Well, and this is why we have both, you know, propeller head marketing idiots like me talking about the engine room and how the machinery works and also the, the marketing friendly people out there spreading the message. And it's a community effort. So I would be the last person. I'll and be the last person to hold out my engineering podcast with Uncle V as great marketing content. <laughs> and, and, and Marcus, you talk you talk about me having a show coming on a couple times a week or whatever. I'm a volunteer. I do this because I love this project and I put in my hours. And so and and so all I do when I have Todd on or Max on or any of the my guests on, I'm doing that for the community. Because, I mean, show me other projects that have somebody out there like me who's literally trying to facilitate information. It used to happen, I think, with Monero. They had Monero talk. Um, you know, Diego used to be on that a lot, you know, before he, before he came and started developing uh, the Epic wallet, which is going to be the Stacks wallet. He, by the way, created the... Uh, Monero's Cake Wallet, which is by far the the top standard within crypto, and he's the one who's designing ours, which is going to be out this month. It's awesome. So, is that a re- is that a rhetorical question? Is what a rhetorical question? I can't name remember. name someone else. Some name someone else who's more committed. Blah blah blah. Uh, I, I, I'd be I'd be I, I'd, I can name one. Okay, who? Pop, uh, who? Uh, Pompliano. No, 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 no. Richard Hart, whether you like. Oh, oh, Richard Hart is. I I stand down. You win. Uh, Yes. Richard Hart is is a a king of marketing. Graciousness flowing everywhere in this call. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Hey, Marcus, we're going to unban you. Uh Oh, that Uh, could be trouble. (laughs) No, it'll be great. It'll be great. Hey, hey, Marcus, when you have some more questions, come on and we'll answer them. Okay. I'll go through Todd and we'll hook up. Yep. I appreciate your time, guys. All okay. right. No, no, no. Marcus, okay. we're not going to unban you until you publicly acknowledge and apologize for the fact that you made defamatory, fraudulent, and false allegations. And I give you the chance right now to correct these. And I'd like you to further do that in front of your audience. Until you do that, you are not unbanned. Would you <laughs> like Todd, to it is a beautiful. Sins? It is a beautiful day here in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Marcus.
Great times, guys. All right. Thanks, Todd. Thanks.